BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. All right, I'm ready. All right. That was so hard. We can, we can get going on this. <laughs> It's always a fun. I hate technology sometimes. It's it's supposed to make life easier, but you know how it is. I mean, it's I miss the good old days where we just meet in a coffee shop and talk. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, we'll just go ahead and talk. I'm um. You know, you've got the your your race coming up, and let you know let the listeners know who 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 is Hubie. Let everyone know who you are. Oh, Hubie. My real name is Hubert, but um. I was born in Boston, uh, moved with my family to Ohio when I was six months old, and I've spent my whole life in Ohio. Um, I'm retired, 65 years old, and I'm just doing what I enjoy, enjoying life. That's good. That's good. So I know you do. You, you have a, a, a race coming up. So what what is your race called and when is it? The race is Indian Mud Run, and it's always a Saturday after Father's Day which this year will be June 26th. Okay. Uh, our race is a fundraiser for our local parks. And um, what we did is they they had a levy failure a few years back, and I had just done my first OCR, which was a warrior dash. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think of something we could do to raise money for our local parks. So we thought, you know what? That warrior dash is fun. Let's do our own. And I never dreamed it would grow to what it's become. I say I love the local races. So, because it's so cool to see, you know, people come together locally and take care of some stuff, help people out. So what, what kind of race is it? I know you say, you know, of course, you know, an OCR, but what, what kind of obstacles and stuff do people get to do out there? Well, it started out as a mud run because that was something I kind of took from the warrior dash, but um, I'm a very competitive person and uh, I, I like the harder obstacles mm-hmm. when it's my get in. And as our race grew, we found out it was a very challenging race. And um, like this year, we're up to close to 90 obstacles. And a lot of the obstacles that we use um, are, are obstacles you'll see in the World Championship. Uh, as a matter of fact, I when World Championship first came around in Ohio, I was one of the volunteer builders. And in talking to different race directors, I got permission from them to use some of their obstacles. And um, that's something I've tried to do is get obstacles that, that people are going to see in the world championships so that they can use my race as a way to practice for that. And it, it's really taken off. And um, a lot of people use this race to get ready for the championships at the end of the year. Nice. That, that's awesome. Um, so you said it benefits the parks in your area? Yes. Yeah, we're a nonprofit, and so everything we do goes back to our park system. Um, the, the nice thing about being a nonprofit is because it's community work, I can go down to the local sheriff's office and I get trustees from the jail system. And I bring them out there and they do the work, trail cleanup and set up obstacles and things like that. But in the last couple of years with COVID, they haven't been able to let anybody out. So yeah. this year has been. Yeah really tough for us we we just don't have the manpower to to get everything set up on the flip side is manpower for volunteers is probably our best year 
because the National Guard is involved in our race, and they've uh, committed almost 90 National Guardsmen to be out on course marshalling obstacles and things like that. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it's really neat to get backing like that, you know, you know, to be able to do where, you know, one kind of falls through, then you got the National Guard coming out to, to you know, back you up and help you do it. I mean, that, that's pretty cool. They started back in 2019, our last race. Oh, nice. But they only had about 30. They only had about 30 then. They're about three times as big this time. Wow. So it, it's a huge help for us. That's awesome. So... You said it's on the the twenty sixth. So what can what can people expect? Is it is is there you know an elite heat or anything like that, or is it just everybody just goes? Yeah, we've got we start out with the elite heats, and because of some problems with all our volunteers, we're not going to start our elite wave until nine a.m. Mm-hmm. So we pushed everything back a little mm-hmm. bit to give us time. Uh, we have so many things we have to do different this year because of COVID. Our local health departments requiring different things, check-ins before they go up on the hill. But we'll start out with elite men, and we're well over 60. And then we'll go to elite women about five minutes after the men are gone. And um, we're supposed to stagger them a little bit because of COVID, but I've already been told that June 2nd, they're going to lift all the restrictions. So we may be able to go back to normal with the June 2nd uh, lifting of restrictions. Then after the elite go, we're going to go to age competitive. And we do our age competitive much like the OCR World Championships. If you're in, like me, 60 and older, you go with your group. So we'll start out, I believe it's the 35, 39 um, first, the faster groups first, and then we, we go like that by age group. And um, so that's pretty unique uh, compared to most races. You, you race with the guys you're competing against. Nice. Then after the, all the yes. competitives, then we go to um, open 10K, which really is about a seven-mile race, and then open 5K. And then we also have a kids course. So uh, we're pretty excited about things. I was looking the other day, and I think, I don't know, because I, I know so many of the older guys, we've already got close to 60 men that are 50 or older. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we got a lot of old guys. But you look at the younger groups, we've only got about five U20 girls. So uh, it's cool to see all the older guys out there. I wish we could get more of the younger uh, people involved for some reason. It seems to be when they get into their 30s, they they miss the school sports and they get back into it. I don't know what it is, but we have a hard time getting filling up our under 20 age groups. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's it, you don't see as many people that age running and doing a lot of this stuff anymore. So, so. how old are you? I'm 43. So and I just got back into it. I'm, that's, that's actually, 43 is, is a tough age group. There's some yeah. uh, really good athletes, you know, late 30s, early 40s, really top-notch athletes out there. Yeah, there are. That yeah. it really at a lot of women, it seems to be the, the tough age group is they're like 40 to 45. Oh yeah. 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 We'll see a lot of top uh, placers in that age group. Yeah. And that's another thing we do. And um we've been so busy I haven't been able to to advertise yeah. it very much. But last uh, race in 2019, we started a team race. 
And we do ours a little bit different. In our team race, if you finish first in your age group, you get one point first. Second, two points. Third, three, all the way down to 30th or whatever. Then we take the top seven athletes on your team roster as far as low score, which would be first, second, third, whatever. And we do it like a golf score, low score wins. And so that really was nice last year. You might, your team might have a whole bunch of guys in the 30 and 40 age group that place, but another team might have people from the 30s all the way up to the 60s and they get a lot of firsts as opposed to second and thirds and they'll win it. In 2019, Get It United out of Florida was our winning team. And um, they had a lot of older guys on their team, but the older guys on their team were all first or second. So that was a a unique uh, race last year. And I think people like that. And I'm excited to do that again this year. That's a cool idea. It's cool. I've been on a lot of them where, you know, you get all the people that have the teams. And in some races, the teams, it's a really cool things. And other times it's like, Eh, you know, where some races I've been to where, you know, the, the team, they get like awards for biggest team or something like that. But having something like that where the team can actually win, you know, is pretty cool. I, mean, I've, I did one last year where it was actually a team event and we actually had to do a lot of the obstacles as a team. Um, yeah. and a lot of things that you had to do as a team and do so many reps. And depending on how many people you had in your team, you could have less reps because there was, you know, you just had to do, you know, a hundred you know, between the team and if you had four people, you know, it's 25 apiece, but if you only have three, you know, it changes things. So. Yeah. Yeah, Our team, like I said, was get it united. And with them being the winning team, our competition this year is the get it united team challenge. So we name it after the winner of the previous race. And then on our signature obstacle floating walls, their um, logo will be on our um, finish line obstacle. Oh, that's awesome. So what kind of obstacles? I know you said, you know, a lot of them that you'll see at the, the World Championships. Is there any that you have that are specific to you? Uh, obviously, our signature obstacle is floating walls. It's been at the North American and the World Championships um, in Canada, and it's been in Texas and, and all around. Um, it, it's a pretty massive obstacle, about 20 feet high. It's got a cargo or safety net at 10 feet. So if you fall off the top, you fall onto a safety net. Um, That's our signature obstacle. Also in working with um, nuclear um, race out of London, I got permission to use nuclear ninja. That's our race. Um, We've got Gibbons, which is our, um, in the world championships. And um, we keep trying to, Dragon's back. We keep trying to add, like I say, things that you'll see in the world championships. We have our own version of uh, Skull Valley, we call Indian Valley because it's got Indian heads instead of skull heads. Mm-hmm. We uh, Another thing that's going to be new with us this year, we have um, seven or eight obstacles that are high fail obstacles. And in our race, you can fail up to five obstacles and still place. If you're the fastest person in your age group, but you fail one obstacle, the uh, Slowest person in your age group, if he's the only one that didn't fail, he'll be placed uh, first. So we go by fails before time. And new this year, our timer has been working this past couple of years on a system 
where all the racers will have a barcode. If you fail an obstacle, they'll scan your barcode as you get through the obstacle as a fail, and then you move on, and then it automatically is uh, transferred over the you know phone lines or whatever. Um, he's got it set up. I don't know how it is, but it automatically goes right to the finish line and shows your fails. So when you get to the finish line, you'll know if you were um, one or two fails and and where everybody else is that finished above you. And that's something that I don't think any race has. Because that's one thing that I've had this argument with people a lot is, you know, I've done a lot of different OCRs and my, I've always had the feeling that if you're competitive, that it shouldn't be a penalties. It shouldn't be penalties. It should be past the obstacle. Um, Because I've seen way too many times where I've watched where somebody, they focus on their speed because they know if they get a penalty, they can do the penalty and then their speed will catch up to the guy that's able to do the obstacle. So if you make it so they have to pass the obstacle or it's going to dock them points or whatever, like in your case where it's like, you may be the fastest one out there, but you failed three obstacles. And then I come up behind you and I'm, you know, a couple minutes slower, but I passed them all and I have a chance of beating you because of that. That changes everyone's way of working out and getting ready for it. So, cause I, I train so that I can win or not win, but I can complete every obstacle. So that's my goal is for me, I know I'm not the fastest. I'm not built for speed, you know, but I, I basically, you know, I, I train so that I can complete the obstacles because that's the challenge for me. Yeah. And that's the way, exactly the way we feel at Indian mud run. It's an obstacle race. It's not a running race. And um, if you're going to win our race, you've got to be obstacle proficient because uh, we got about 90 of them and you'll feel it at the end. The way it should be, so is I mean it's you know because like I said I've done a few I I did I, I was crazy I did one the the Montana Spartan I did all three all three races with a twenty pound rock just to make it a little more difficult but that's uh that was my insanity at the beginning of this month so yeah <laughs> I was good in Spartan because I don't like burpees and there's a lot of fast people out there that you know they can fail an obstacle and do a burpee. I might not fail it, but they're much faster runners than me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I said, that's where I've had that. Where my biggest issue on some of those is, is it's like just because you're faster doesn't make you technically a better athlete. It's like you see people train for different things. You know, I've I've watched friends that train just for for heavy lifting, and you're like, come on, do a race with me, and they take like 50 steps and they're half dead because they have no cardio because they just lift. You know, where a lot of these races like yours, I mean, if you do it the way you're talking about. You can't focus. You have to focus on your entire body and your whole training regimen because you have to be able to run at least a little bit, but at the same time, be able to lift, be able to hold yourself up, be able to climb and all that stuff where, like I said, on a lot of these, if I can find a way to, you know, if I can do burpees fast enough or do whatever penalty, you know, depending on the race, you know, um, I could still win. And I'm a band over burpees guy, you know. If you do all the obstacles, you're going to place ahead of the guy that failed an obstacle. That's the way it should be, in my opinion. And and that's the way we do it at Indian Mud Run. I like that. I really do. I like that a lot because it's kind of one of those. Because like I said, that's one of the things I've watched races where it's like you could tell who was the better athlete, but they lost because somebody else was faster. Yeah. You know. We're definitely on the same page here. So I, I like the the manual completion because it makes people train for everything. 
you know, because if I can train but, just to be faster. But another I, thing, um, I don't, and people have asked me, I don't do a separate lane for the, you know, maybe the non-pros or anything. I want everybody to be challenged 100%. I want the pros to be challenged in the age competitive. And if you can't do it, you can fail up to five obstacles and still podium at our race. And we'll have some of the age groups, especially maybe in the women, where everybody will have a failure, but you might have one person that failed one obstacle and everybody else failed two. And that person may not have been the fastest, but they were the most obstacle proficient and they're the champion. So, yeah, like I said, I like that. I like that. I mean, I mean, I get the idea of speed in some cases, but that's never been my feeling of obstacle course racing. I've always been, I'm an endurance guy. I can go, you know, I've done races. It took me 12 hours, but I just plod my way right through it. So I'm not always the fastest, but I, I will train to be able to do, to do the obstacles. You know, I've, I've lost a lot of weight over the last year. And a lot of that was, you know, to be able to do some of those obstacles where I can do, you know, I've always had problems with the rope climb. I've, haven't failed it on one yet this year. I can get the rope client. I can do all those things that I couldn't before because my goal was to be able to do the obstacles. I did Savage Race a couple weeks ago and I lost my first band. So I think that year off of COVID from racing kind of got me soft. So I got to get my training up again. And uh, that opened my eyes. Yeah, see, I haven't done, I, I wanted to do, and that's, that's actually my goal is next year, um, as things open back up and all that stuff, my goal is the next year, I want to hit some Savage. I want to do some of those other races, the, you know, Bone Frog, you know, <laughs> the ones that don't come to the West Coast because I live on the West Coast for now. Yeah. We're, we're looking Savage, at Savage is, is one of the best out there. Uh, and that's what I've heard. People too. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've heard. I mean, for right now, I, I, I live in on the West Coast, but, you know, who knows? In another year or so, that might be that, that might be a different story. So. Yeah. Because I might be getting tired of the West Coast. <laughs> I'll be out your way this uh, November. Nice. And be doing uh, doing a marathon out there, Big Bear Marathon, or oh yeah, down yeah. in California. I'm doing one in what in June. That's actually it's a uh, it's considered one of the fastest like Boston qualifiers because it's like 2,000 feet downhill the entire yeah. race. We start at the top of Snoqualmie Pass and run all the way down the hill. But it's just, I've done it before where it's, it's, it's just, it's just a it doesn't hurt the knees. But you yeah. can feel you're going downhill. Running downhill is hard on your quads. Yeah. yeah. Really hard. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. So I've done it once before, but that I was 285 pounds when I did it last time. And I'm 100, and I did, took eight hours. I'm 194 right now. So I'm hoping my goal is less than six. So yeah. good for you. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I'm doing that. Then I got a couple I'm doing, got my first triathlon. So I'm moving into some other things and I, I definitely want to do some of these OCRs. And like I said, I want to get to the, my goal in 2022 is to hit the East coast and hit it hard. I want to go out, you know, I want to go out to Ohio and go to your race. I want to get down into, you know, you know, Florida, all those places. We have quite a few people from uh, California and and up around Seattle that make it out to a race. A lot of people from Texas too. See, and I would love yeah, to. Would love to but it's traveling right now. It's we we've got we already have a bunch planned because of all the stuff that got canceled last year. So yeah. I definitely want to get out to Ohio. I have some family that's from Ohio, but they came out here for some reason. Well, our health department did limit us this year. Mm -hmm. uh, 
originally to 900. Now we're limited to a thousand. Um, we'll probably, probably sell out. Um, we're at, we're at nine forty or something now with a month to go. So wow. um, sell out, but That's I awesome. wish we, there's so many people though, that were going to come that aren't coming because of COVID um, restrictions and things like that. So 2022 ought to be a huge year for us. Yeah. So how did, I mean, cause I'm guessing you probably didn't have a race last year in 2020. No, we didn't. Is a, is a, is a nonprofit, a small nonprofit. I mean, how, how did COVID really hit you? I mean, especially with like having to limit everything and all that this year. I mean, has it had a huge impact? Is it what? Has it had a huge impact? With us being a nonprofit and like I mentioned earlier, not having jail help, it's been really, really tough. Um, really, really tough. I'm having a hard time getting volunteers um, yeah. to set up the course. But um, I might not have my 90 obstacles I wanted, but I will have at least 85. And I still have a goal in 2022 to have 100 obstacles. That's always been my goal. That's a lot of obstacles, which is yeah. awesome. We do also have a three-lap race. Um, we have so many people from out of state that come to our race that, you know, they travel so far and they don't want to just do seven miles. You know, they want to get more racing in. So we allow them to do, uh, after the age competitive go out, we allow them to go out for two more laps. The pro or age competitive can go out. And if they get three laps in, they get an authentic American Indian made arrow. Um, in the past three years, we've done this. Only about 35% of the people that signed up have been able to earn their arrow. We have a very technical trail system that's got a lot of elevation gain. And after that first lap, which is usually a competitive race, those last two laps are hard. Seems like people go out for the second lap, and then they head to the beer garden, and they say, the heck with lap three. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing that only about 35% of the people complete it. We're hoping in 2022... Right before the uh, uh, the elites go out, we're going to do a small three-lap race where we're going to uh, check obstacles and, you know, obstacle completion fails and things like that for three laps. And I'm hoping to get a sponsor to put up some prize money for that. That's awesome. See, that's cool. I mean, it's neat to see, especially a small, you know, local race growing so big and so quick. I mean, that's awesome to see, you know, that you're getting that much backing. Um, yeah. I've seen a few in this area try to, to start, but I mean, that, that really sucks to say this, but COVID really took a couple of the ones that I really liked in the, the Washington area, took them out because I mean, they yeah. our, our state shut down pretty hard. Yeah, I know a lot of other states did too, but I mean, West Coast, we, we shut down hard. And I mean, it shut down even now. I mean, there's a lot of them that don't want to, not sound bad, they don't want to try starting because everything keeps going backwards. So yeah. they're afraid that well, yeah. we, we are getting back up, but we're still under restrictions. Yeah. So it's going to be tough. But, but it, definitely, if you make it out in 2022, you'll have to try the three lap. Oh, definitely. I'm, definitely. Yeah. I'm going to have to go for that. Yeah, you're in the third sky. That's right up your alley. Yeah, I'm going to have to go for those. So it's kind of one of those that I've been. I've been working on speed, but at the same time, I'm still, it's like me and a buddy were talking the other day. It's like, I'm just not built for speed. I mean, even at my leanest, I'm 195 and that's about right. I, when I went down below that, I looked like I was, you know, a, a cancer patient. So I, 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 I need to get, 
gained some weight back. I I went too skinny. So yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I'll show you also. I don't know how well you can see this. This is our medal for this year. That's awesome. And pretty good size. But um, what we love about our awards, we don't get anything made overseas, nothing made in China. Mm-hmm. These are made right in our hometown. Um, our uh, tomahawks for first, second, and third place age competitive are uh, made by American Native Indians, Native American Indians. Um, our arrows for the three laps are made by Native American Indians. They've all got a le- letter from the artisan that, that made them. We did have spears for our top pros. The guy that makes our spears cannot make them this year. I think he may have gotten really sick or something, but he's no longer making them. And I can't get anybody to make any spears or bow and arrows, which is my second option. So we're going with uh, about 24 inch plaque type thing and a tomahawk for our pros. And our pros will be top five. Nice. But yeah, we're proud of the proud of the fact that it, that everything we award is, is made in America. Um, we even have a, one of the oldest flag factories in, in the nation here in Coshocton. And they last year donated American flags for all the winners in the pro division. So we got some really cool awards that we're giving out. So that's awesome. That's one of the things that it's, you know, I mean, not to sound bad, but a lot of times I've done some races and it's like, okay, the metal, mm, you know, they're okay. And you just, you know, throw them with the rest of them. I've got a wall of medals that I hang up in the other room. And after a while, it was like, I was talking to a friend. I'm like, most of them don't mean a whole same metal every year same you do the the, the same brand of race it's the same metals you got you know in in seattle as you get in you know idaho i mean it's it really doesn't matter so it's like eh. but for me it's the memories so i mean but it is i mean look at your metal that's nice it looks like you know it was like laser laser cut yeah you know chunk of metal and that i mean that's pretty cool looking so Another cool thing we do that I don't know of any other race that does, our uh, finisher shirt, we put the previous year's finishers top 10 or 15, depending on on how it pans out as far as size-wise. Mm-hmm. But we put your name, if you're a top placer in your age group, your name's on our finisher shirt the following year. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. The top uh, pros, top you have to be in pro or age competitive to get it, to get your name on a shirt. So that's something that's pretty unique. And actually, I'm kind of surprised other races haven't haven't uh, stole that from us already. Yeah, it's a copycat uh, yeah. sport. It is a copycat sport. I mean, it's one of those things. I the only time I've seen something like that is you know I, I know I mentioned Spartan before, but that's one that I've, I've done a lot of races with them. Is they'll do the trifecta. At least they used to. Um, but they don't do it anymore. Not that I've seen in the last two years, but they used to do when they were smaller, they do every year, they do a, a towel or a flag that would have all the tri- people who earned a trifecta, their name on it. So I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they did that uh, for a while, but it was one of those. It always bugged me because mine always seemed to be a, it was in a spot that was hard to read. So I never bought it. So, I mean, that's awesome to have something like that where people, you know, continue to, you know, have your name the next year to, to show what you did. I mean, that's awesome. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? 
James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. Something else that a lot of people may not know, but Coach Payne, I don't know if you know who that is. Um, Sounds familiar. Dwayne Montgomery, he's a motivational guy that's he's done a lot of the um, OCR World Championship speakers, but mm-hmm. he'll be in our race. Last year, our uh, Monster was one of our sponsors, and um, Smith's Dairy, a local dairy. So you get uh, a free energy drink, a free beer, or a free chocolate milk, or all three at the finish line. So I got to go all three. Cover a lot of cool stuff. Got to drink the milk first, though, because yeah. <laughs> I like the milk, but after, I'll tell you what, after a hot day, a cold beer tastes pretty good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Oh, see, that's one thing that's always funny is everyone I know, a lot of the races I've done, they always give out the, you know, the free beers. And very rarely have I actually gotten the free beer because usually I'm just so dis- destroyed after a race. And this year has been the only year I've really done it because I'm now in the shape where I can finish quick enough and I'm not destroyed at the end of a race. So... <laughs> It's it's like, oh, I can tell now that I'm in better shape. I'm not, you know, completely feel like I've been hit by a truck when I crossed the finish line. So, yeah. Good for you. What got you into obstacle course racing? Um, It was a friend. Um, years and years ago, um, it was the the rock or the rock and whatever, the one, the, the gladiator, rock and rock and whatever, whatever. I did that, I did that one years ago, and then I did uh, – a friend of mine was doing Spartan races and I went and I volunteered at one because I couldn't race because my, I had 18 stitches in my hand. So I couldn't race, but I went and volunteered and got a free race. And then I just, after that, I, I fell in love with it. It was, I was always, I was never a runner as a kid, but I'd started to become a runner at that point. But then I was getting bored with it. I mean, you know, you run for three hours and you just nothing, you just run it. You know, and then it became the obstacle course became that 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 difference because all of a sudden I run and then I do something else and then I run some more and I do something else and that's that's what I loved about obstacle course racing. It was it changed things up. So and I, I love asking people that question because almost to a T, everybody that says how they got in, well, someone told them or they did it on a whim, but once you do one people seem to get hooked on it. And um, so hopefully we can get more people and more first timers involved in this wonderful sport. Oh, it's a great uh, sport. Last year, not being able to do it to me is I don't know if you've ever heard of battle. Mark, no, but they're virtual challenges. Um, and that's oh, what's yeah. here. So it was a lot of crazy, like I'm going to do one probably after we finish here, the Memorial day one, I've got to go run 5k with the 20 pound vest. And stop in the first mile and do 100 push-ups. And the second mile, do 200 burpees. And then the like, third mile, I think it's 300 like squats with the vest. And I mean, so it's just, it was, it's not that an obstacle course race yet, but it's something that gives me that, that middle, in the middle challenges that kind of keeps you, you know, keeps my mind doing something rather than just the, the monotony of running. You know, with obstacle racing, like I said, you get seem to get people out there that get involved in it and stay involved. But I don't know what we have to do as, as a community to get more younger kids. It seems like the younger kids don't want to get involved in it. I don't know. I've wondered that too. It's been one of those things. I, my, my son's done quite a few with me, um, but getting his friends to do it, they're like, yeah, no, yeah. but in, 
really what got my son to do it was I broke my foot about four years ago and he took my spot in like four races where it was like, you know, it was, I transferred to his name, but it was like, here, I have can do now because my foot's broke here. You do them. And then he's just started loving it. And then he started doing it with me once I was healed, but you know, it's kind of one of those, but yeah, getting any, any of his friends are like, yeah, no, that doesn't sound fun at all. Now is he still running, running them? Um, he hasn't since, you know, since COVID. I mean, COVID hit. He's he's hasn't done any since it's kind of you know lifted. So I'm trying to get him to do some more, but I don't know. He hasn't been doing a whole lot of exercise during COVID except for his thumbs playing yeah. video games. So. But I can't say I'm usually sitting next to him playing the video games. So well, hopefully they'll be like uh, the guys when they get into their 30s and 40s and they they start missing sports from school and the younger years and they realize they're getting getting out of shape and life short. And uh, that seems to be how so many people get involved. And to me, it's the people that I meet in obstacle racing is a real bonus. Yeah. Um, as far as my race, I, I'm a carpenter. I love to build things. I love my community and I love to compete. So putting on my race is three of the things I love to do in life all wrapped up in one. So it's been um, it's been awesome for me. Uh, oh, that is awesome. Eight, I spend way too many hours uh, out on the course doing things because I can't get volunteers. And, um, but it's a labor of love. See, and that's, what's good. You got to love what you do. I mean, that was one of the things for me is like, I started running and doing the, the obstacle course races and really what changed me and had me start like losing weight was um, I did a race and I finished, but I didn't feel right afterwards. It was like, I just, I, I wasn't in the right shape. It was way too much work. I'm like, I, I'd always been a little slower than everyone else, but usually there was someone with me in the group that was like, you know, I was helping get through. And this time I'm like, I'm that person. I'm the one that everyone's waiting for. And I'm like, something needs to change. And that's when I, I changed. And now I've got a lot of friends that are like, oh, you're faster than us now. And I'm like, I am in a lot of ways, but that doesn't mean I'm going to leave you behind because that's one thing. Obstacle courses, you know, show me family. I mean, my obstacle course racing family, I'm closer to than my real family now, you know? And so when we do a race, if I say I'm staying with you, I don't care if we're out there for 13 hours, I'm staying with you and we're finishing this race. So I've actually had one of my friends be like, I'm done. I can't keep going. I'm like, cool. Then I guess we're going to sit here and wait for them to come pick us up. And she's like, what do you mean? We, I'm like, I said, we were going to finish this race. So if you're quitting, I'm quitting. And she's like, well, okay, fine. I guess we better keep going then. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's do this. You know, and it's once, you know, I, I say I'm doing it with friends, we're doing it. And that's what I love about this sport is it's, it's a lot of family. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. All right. Is there anything else you want to say to the listeners while we, we got you? Or? Well, I thought I had a list of things I wanted to touch on, but I don't know what I did with it. You're like me. I write lists like that all the time. And then when I need it, I'm like, what did I do with that list? I need to find um, a list. Tell me where I put the list. Yeah, I'll find it after we get off. But with me, it's just that, uh, you know, I've been retired for five years and I'm busier now than I ever was. But this year, well, it should be. Yeah, but I'm doing what I love. So that, that's the important thing. Um, but COVID really has hit me hard this year because I, even a lot of our volunteers for race day, you know, a lot of more older people that don't race, they just came to help. Well, they're not coming out and being around people traveling because of COVID. Yeah. So it's, I know COVID has hurt OCR races across the board. Um, a lot of them are struggling. I know some of the smaller ones and um, 
I, I hope everybody gets out and supports the, the small mom and pop races. Uh, I hate to see them go under. I know quite a few that have gone over in the last, under the last couple of years. Yeah. And that, and that is one of those things I don't want to see. I want to see some of these keep going. There's a couple of really good ones we have up here in Seattle. So anybody who's listening, if you're on the East coast, get out to Ohio. Um, if you're in Seattle, you know, get to some of these closer Seattle races or fly to Ohio. I mean, you know, if there's any reason, which I've never found a reason to go to Ohio until today. So in 19, we had people from 40 States, two Canadian provinces and Europe come to our race. See, and that's, like I said, if, if there's any other reason to go to Ohio, that's it. And another another thing that uh, anybody's going to the World Championships in Vermont this year, the OCR World Championships, in London in 19, every person from America, there were five gold medal winners. Every gold medal winner and a few of the second and thirds all raced at Indian Mud Run. And um, they've all told me that this race is the – race they use to prepare for for a championship and that's awesome so and it does sound like it may be a good one to prepare because it really shows you where you're lacking and that was kind of one of the things you know the first every year the first race of the year for me is always where am i lacking what do i need to work on you know and that's kind of you know what i what i had you know this year when i first did it i'm like you know i did the first races i never raced competitive and this year i raced competitive my first two races because everyone's like why i'm like because i need to see what i need to work on you know, and this is my yeah, chance. Keep challenging yourself. Yeah. Keep challenging yourself. Keep making myself better. And that's that's what what's OCR and all this stuff's all about. So it, that's what life is about. Yep. You can't be content. Nope. All right. Perfect. Well, if you don't have anything else, um, it's been great talking to you. Um, I, I'm really looking forward. I think 2022, I've definitely got to get out there and doing your race. And like I said, any listeners, anybody watching this, get out to the race. It's, it sounds like it's going to be a fun one. And I want to hear back from somebody who went. And tell me how this went. Uh, well, I, I hope uh, I hope you do make it in 2022. And um, if, if people are wanting to know a little bit more about our race, another thing I'm extremely proud of is the reviews we get independent on Mud Run Guide. If you go to Mud Run Guide and look up their reviews for Indian Mud Run, um, I'm really proud of what people have to say about our race. And um the fact that we draw people from all over the United States, Canada, and Europe it says we're doing something right. So we've got a great crew, and I'm really proud of everybody that helps me put on this race. That's awesome. awesome. And Mud Run, you guys do that. I like Mud Run guys. They're good. They're good people. Yep, they are. All, all right. right. I'm looking forward to seeing you in 20, next year. All right, perfect. Well, thank you, Hubie. It's been a great meeting you, and I'll hope to see you next year. All right, great. Thanks for, you for uh, talking with me. All right, thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear.